In this podcast, we have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. Welcome. When we lose someone we love, it can be unbearable. Yet we are still here, alive, and on this planet, and we have to find a way to carry on. We don't have to do it alone, but we do need to let ourselves experience the grief while also remembering the ones we love. Keeping those we've lost alive in our hearts can be done in so many ways. But no matter your religious beliefs, being open to signs, sensations, and visitation dreams can bring you peace and healing. So today we're picking up where we left off from last week's conversation with Rodney Dubay, one of our listeners who's excited that we started this podcast and wants to share his own story. Yeah, and you mentioned something about Facebook. Was it your mom that came through on Facebook or anybody else come through on technology? My mother comes through on Facebook. My father does. My father was never on Facebook, but again, you know, uh, you know, people, I found this picture of your of your dad, or I found this picture of your mom, or occasionally pictures get um oh, I've got a doozy for you again. Thank God you keep asking me these questions because I start thinking of things I, you know, be one of these things where I would hang up and be like, wait a minute. All right. Well, sometimes, like I said, like, you know, people will share pictures that I've never seen. Oh, I had this picture of your mom. Uh, we got one a couple, uh, it was around Mother's Day again, around that time. My mother in her wedding dress, opening up the cork of champagne, you know, never seen that one, you know, that kind of thing. So wait um, a minute. So these are, these are actually like someone else posts something, but the timing for you is right and speaks to you as coming yes. from your parents. Okay. Yep. Good thing. I didn't write this one down, but good thing you, you guys remember that probably like you need to tell this. My father, he used to work in the television commercial production industry. So that's kind of in the genes why I worked in television. His first first word of advice to me was like, don't go into business. (laughs) So again, we're in the process of cleaning out the house and things and stuff. And we come across, which we never knew we ever had, but it was buried in a cabinet in the garage, which was put in the garage when we moved to Florida in 1979. So it's been there for a long time. So like 40 something years, I come across real to real audio tapes. So the thing was where I worked, uh, one of my um, coworkers was, you know, an older gentleman who was an engineer. And as a lot of you know, when you work in TV engineers, they all have old devices and old TV things. Anytime they would throw out old equipment, they're the guys going through the dumpster. That that video deck cost 25 grand. No way, we're not throwing that out. I'm taking it home. (laughs) But he was into reel-to-reel audio. So he had the old tape machines. And so I gave it to him. I said, hey, listen, do me a favor. Can you put this to an audio file that I can hear? Record all of it. I have no idea what's on it. I'm thinking it's going to be old radio commercials from when my dad was the television commercial production manager for Lever Brothers. So, you know, AIM, Whisk, Snuggle, all that stuff. He was the guy that made sure the commercial got made for the company. And so this was on, you know, in New York City. And so we get the stuff back. My friend goes, hey, hey, here's, here's the CD. Um, there's some kind of talking on it. And I think they're speaking in German. 
Uh, I don't know, but anyway, and there's piano playing. And I was like, okay. Oh, wow. I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. So we went, my, you know, my brother um, at his house in his, uh, in his den, we got to put it on. It's, you know, it's around 10 o'clock at night. We get spooky for fun. And, um, we go to, you know, play this stuff. And so basically what it was, it was a dictation program where people were trying to make money on the side doing, you know, dictatorial work. So you'd buy the kit, you know, someone would read this speech, you know, our company is trying its best in order to make a new product for you. And meanwhile, the person's got to try and type this as fast as they can. My mother was trying to, I guess, develop some secretarial skills for some extra money or something. But in order for her to practice, he borrowed a reel-to-reel audio deck. What you could do, you know, you, you, I mean, we're all from the generation from cassettes and records and things. As you probably remember, you, when you would hit, you know, play and record on something, and if you had a microphone into a cassette deck, you could hear your voice coming through the speaker. That was the kind of fun of it. So what they did was they re-recorded over these things. So one night, they all got drunk. My dad is playing the piano. My aunt is talking and singing into it. Uh, my mother, I hear my mother's voice. I think my brother was just born. Uh, this is like 1966, something like that. They were mentioning something to my to their mother, my grand my grandmother, my German grandmother, which I didn't hear her voice. But oddly enough, I'll mention this in a moment here. But you know, they're carrying it on, and you know, la 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 la. And, you know, and my I hear my mother like, oh, Dicka, this is so. This all this stuff is boring. I want to <laughs> sing and dance, and we're singing, la 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 la. You know, they are drunk, 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 drunk. <laughs> Last word she says, "Oh, you know, all right, we we'll turn this off. Don't worry, no one will ever hear this. <laughs> this is on the recording." And when we were looking at you know playing this stuff, my brother is, uh, you know, he's at the computer. I'm in a you know lounge chair, and I've had this happen. You know, not all the time, but I saw a, a flash, a white or like a shooting star inside the room. And it went from across the room into his computer monitor and dissipated and went away. That's the spirit going to the computer. So they're yeah. trying to tell you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I that was one of the ones I'm like, you know, and I've had that happen a couple of times where I'll, it, it's like a shooting star inside the house. It's like, a doom, and you're like. That's what cool. was that? And I'm looking around, looking around, like, you know, again, I'm looking for, right. you know, the explanation. Right. Oh, is a car going by? There are a lot of hospice workers and others or in the stories of shared death experiences that they talk about seeing lights and glows or mists and fogs. Yeah, a couple of days after my mother passed, I was half asleep, but I looked on the side of the wall and I saw two lot kind of orb things together dripping down like it was paint. That's yeah, and I was, and I thought, you know what, that's probably them together or something like that. Also, um, my brother found the smudge on one of his, his iPhone one day, taking a picture where my mother usually sits on her bed and he, you know, he thinks it's a bug going by. And I'm like, no, it's yeah, not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this is really interesting. I mean, these are the best or the most exciting thing I think we can pull out of losing someone in the grief side are what we can perceive as messages from beyond. Mm-hmm. And all of these signs that we get and that we can potentially can be around us. And some people don't even notice you're obviously very perceptive to them. Yeah. But let's talk about more of those messages. 
what about like well, the angel numbers ahead. too that you were talking okay. about to angel numbers with the team and all that you know i have an official angel number i call it i see this number all the time and i take pictures of it with my iphone to make sure it's not just me and i've got tons of it and it's 622 and that's my birthday i look over i see a clock 622 i look over in a box code 6-220622 and i kind of go okay wow you know maybe it is what it is and sometimes i, I take note of it sometimes i'm like well, i'm always seeing 622 usually it's a time in the break in the in the newscast you know that kind of thing right. but I was kind of raised to believe there was a number that followed me. It was my mom that made it aware to me back when telephones were operators plugging in cords. I had a mm -hmm. great aunt that was an operator. My oh, wow. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> phone numbers were just a couple of digits. Mm -hmm. So there was a number that followed me in my life that my parents would point out and my aunt and that part of the family, I think was very instrumental in my mom and dad getting together because there was an, a car accident that resulted in a death of a grandparent, my great grandparent, but it's where my mom and dad reunited and met again. And then oh wow, from there, they were married. So you know, there's all those kinds of things sometimes we can look back at is especially once time has passed to see how those events have led us to where we are today. And once someone identifies a number like that, Trisha, I think you've told me maybe if someone with yeah. a number. Yeah, one of my former co-workers always would send me, she'd be like, the time would be like either a one, 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 but or right. the two, two, two. And she has a very strong belief in that. She goes, I have angels around me right now. And then also the picture that was with it was also hearts too. So she had the hearts plus these angel, the numbers representing the angels there. And I'd be like, she would only have like two or three certain ones that she mm -hmm. would send me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want that to happen to me again. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing those numbers for me, different ones, but I would see those numbers and I'd be like, ah, oh, I have mm -hmm. angels around me right now. I love that yeah. feeling. Also being of a religious background, like that I'm religious now, but that even means more to me than. It, yeah. Cause that's the thing is like, you know, like, it, like I said, my brother's very religious. It's a, again, it's a, it's a validation. And it's funny for me. It's like, well, do you have a, do you have a, you know, do you, do you have faith? I'm like, no, I don't have faith anymore. I have pure belief. I'm all in. <laughs> right. You know? And I'd like to point out that these experiences don't depend on your religious background, but that is how we, we will use or draw our vocabulary and words around to explain these experiences. Right. You know? And I, I believe it can happen to anyone, no matter their beliefs. And I think you're absolutely right. You start out with a faith and then eventually it becomes a, okay, it's just pure belief. Because right. I can't, I can't deny this anymore. This is happening. Yeah. And it's kind of funny when I even, you know, anytime I've gone to church, I, in a way, feel a little sorry for these, for people that are like, they haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like they're, they're praying so hard that something was, something will happen. I'm like, hey, don't worry. It's, it's okay. That reminds me of a story that I don't think I've told, but I've alluded to another podcast with my dad, you know, Rodney, you and I both come from television production world and someone mm -hmm. we had worked with in Orlando ended up working in the control room at the crossing over with John Edwards show. Mm. 
And she said in the beginning, when they all started, they were like, I don't care what mm. he says, as long yeah. as my, my check Payton clears, check clears yeah. <laughs> you know, and I do know firsthand from knowing people on the crew that they didn't go through the line of people trying to get information. That's actually more work than just letting the man pick up on what he picks up on. <laughs> That's easier, right. you know, right. But I got to visit the show and be in the audience one day because when I happened to arrive into New York to for my visiting of friends up there, she said, this is weird, but we suddenly have room in our audience because we actually had something go wrong and we are missing mm-hmm. audience and that never happens. So you must need to be here. Okay. So I, <laughs> so I thought, Okay. And, and I got to go, but to your point, when I got there, my, cause, cause I lost my dad, but it had been a while. This grandmother, I mentioned about the car accident being what brought my parents together. My aunt was the one driving the car and she was 18 and it was before mm-hmm. seatbelts and someone had run a stop sign. So she desperately wanted me to hear from my grandma Loney, which for the first time I was learning her name was Malonia. I didn't know that before. And then my, my cousin who had lost her brother, Phil at 24, he just, he just died watching a movie, of course, wanted me. She had not had a dream of him and wanted me to hear from Phil. So that's the, I'm going in there thinking I I have this responsibility now. If I want to hear from my dad, my aunt wants to hear from grandma Loney, Malonia. And then my cousin wants to hear from Phil, but I got there and I felt like, all these people, and I had dreamt of my dad. My dad had come to me. I was, it had been so long. I was kind of at peace with it at this point. And I didn't tell anyone I knew or anyone on the show, any of those names or anything, but I looked at all these people there and I thought they are really hurting. They are really hurting. They need this more than me. They haven't had an experience. It's okay, dad. You know, these people need, and then I got this sensation in the back of my neck and I heard my dad say, I'll be the last one. Oh. And I just kind of went, <laughs> okay, that was weird. That was not something I had ever experienced before. So like you were saying, Rodney, yeah. I don't claim to speak to spirits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Trisha, have I it. ever, yeah, Trisha, have I ever told you, you know, no. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Well, so it, 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 go, I just want to say, interject something. Yeah. It's kind of no, like, please. it's, kinda, it's it's kind of like the Mark Marin joke he used to do in stand-up. He'd sit there and be like, can you imagine if the crazy guy that that's walking around mumbling to himself, you know, talking <laughs> to God actually is, he's yeah. like, you know, I need yeah. you to save the world. The guy's like, I can't, I can't, I you know, but you are yeah. the one. Let me alone. I can't. And the actually <laughs> is the guy, <laughs> you yeah, know, the well, homeless guy is the one. That's, that's kind of like what happened to John. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you when they record this show and from witnessing it now for anyone who's been a fan or wondered or even skeptics out there, you know, the first thing I could tell you is, no one came to me asking me any names. Even my friend who got me in, she only knew my dad had passed a while back. Right. That's it. But he's there with his audience and we were kind of in a horseshoe shape for hours. Mm-hmm. And he'll pick up on someone and he tries to figure out where it's coming from. He narrows down. He's not afraid to go. Nope, not you. He won't just, right. you know, the first person to raise their hand, he goes with his gut. And in between those readings, he will answer questions. And someone said, how did this first happen to you? So similar to what you're saying with, you know, the crazy people on the street, he goes, well, I felt this sensation in the back of my neck and I heard a voice. And so now I'm sitting here, I was freaking out. Yeah. So 
I, I was first of all, first of all, I'm used to being behind the camera, not on camera. And, right. and you know, so I was a little self-conscious of being in the audience. Right. I'm having oh. this go on and nobody knows. You know, so I'm yeah. I'm now I'm now feeling funny. And hours had gone by and and he also picks up themes. He said in every show, there's always some kind of theme. So in this particular show, first of all, he said to everyone, look, he goes, they would take they would take so long for someone to identify like people were not quick in my experience on that show to raise their hand and claim someone he picked up on. So he goes, look, I'm not going to come up with a social security number. You know, he's right. like, if you relate to this in the slightest and and he would say, I'm in this area and he would come to a section and he was always away from my area for the, the first you know few hours of this. And little ways down the line, he said, the, the theme I'm getting from today, because I always get a theme. Today's theme is no one is telling me what the event was that caused their death because they're saying that's not important. Hmm. So I'll come back to that because I didn't realize that was important to my aunt until much later. And mm-hmm. so he starts working his way around the room and now he's in my section but I'm, I'm at one end of the section. And he says, all right, where's Melonia? He actually said oh. Melonia. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That is wow. Again, my stomach was like, and all of a sudden for the first wow. time from the three hours, people are raising their hand and I'm like, Oh, yeah. you gotta be kidding me. And he's, he's going to them and they'd go, Molly, Melanie, Melissa. He's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. It's Melonia. And I froze. I'm wow. like, oh my gosh, he's saying Melonia. This is <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the one that died in the car accident that my aunt was driving. She wants me to hear from. And I couldn't raise my hand. I couldn't bring myself. And then he starts walking in a circle on one leg and he goes, okay, she died of a stroke because I'm feeling like half of my body is paralyzed. And I'm like, nope, that's not her. It was a car accident. So I like mm. check it off. And then he steps closer and he's like, nope, he wasn't letting anyone claim it. He's like, Nope, nope. He steps closer and he goes, "Where's Phil? Who lost Phil?" Oh. And I'm like, "Is that your dad?" Your name? No, so that was far. my that was my cousin's brother. Where oh, she had wow. said, "I want to hear from Phil. I haven't dreamt of him. I need to hear from my brother Phil." And so again, I freeze. So, <laughs> you know, and someone goes, "Phil us," and he's like, "Nope." He goes, "Maloney and Phil, they're together." And I'm frozen. Wow. I'm sitting here. Fr- I'm still not raising my hand, and and he's not accepting anyone else raising their hand. So then <laughs> he goes right in front of my row, and I'm at the end. And he goes, "Who lost their dad?" <laughs> and the girl in front of me, before I could raise my hand, her arm goes up. And then my thought is, of course, everybody lost their dad. And he asks her, he "Goes how long ago?" And she said, you know, last year or whatever. And he goes, nope, this was a long time ago. At that point, I'm like, Melonia, Phil, dad. Oh my gosh, that's me. And he goes, oops, they're gone. And that was Uh, the other point he had was they will not let go of me until you know that it's them. And he goes, then, then they'll let go. So as soon as in my own head, see, I'm having this dialogue. Nobody else knows is going on while John Edward talking. So this was not TV worthy. But right. I actually knew an editor. He was editing on that show at the time. And he's like, 
I'll try to get you the clip. I'm like, no, don't risk your job. It's okay. But as soon as I knew and acknowledged in my head, he goes, oh, they're gone. That's it, everybody. Have a great night. And And walked out. And he was the last one. He was the last one. Wow. I pictured, I picture the movie Ghost, and I picture the first time that Whoopi Goldberg is like really picking up in spirits, and they're all in a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, picture, I, I picture my dad standing there in the back. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, you know, I'll... yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you first. I mean, that's the thing too. Is that like I don't even know how John Edwards does it. I love it. YouTube's got a channel. It was very interesting. Uh, it's called Channeling Eric. E R I K. She was a psychologist and her son had, had committed suicide. They try and channel all kinds of like, you know, famous people through him. And it's really interesting. You know, I mean, again, it's it's some things of, you know, you know, validations here and there. But as as even as a kind of like an amateur program, you know, it, it, I find it very, very, you know, very interesting. So uh, Daniel Brinkley, you can Google him, find things on him. Daniel, I did you know, meet and, and, you know, obviously and, and worked with him, you know, when he was a guest on one of our shows. He's had some near-death experiences, which, which I found was very interesting. It really changed him where when you go to meet him, he hugs you, which nowadays. You oh, know, yeah. 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 He does that like instantly. He's like, nice to meet you. Please. I hug everybody. Like, All right, brother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. His story is fascinating where, yeah, he got hit by lightning. He goes, I went, I were, I was in Vietnam. I was not a nice man at all. And I got hit by lightning and he dies. He is in front of, you know, his judgment basically. And part of the judgment, and I, and I'll pepper onto something here in a, in a second. We, when we pass, we go through everyone that we touch. Even right now, you and I, at some point, this will be part of our memory system. We had a conversation like this. Our life review. The life review. And it's more of like how you treat people. Right. So and he and he felt all the pain of people he treated and everything else. And they said to him, you've got a mission. We want to send you back. And he's like, OK, so he gets sent back. He goes about his life. He's not doing anything that they asked him to do. And he dies again. He got hit by lightning, I think, again. What? <laughs> so, what? Yeah, oh I think he, got, he, he got hit twice. So he goes back. Same thing where they're like, listen, you're not doing what we're telling you to do. You've got a mission, you know, he's not allowed to divulge it, but he's like, you know, you've got to go do it. So he's like, well, okay. So he kind of gets better understanding. And basically he finds out in life, you know, he's there to help with the hospice and connecting them over and all this sort of stuff. So that's what he decides to do. Did he get any like psychic powers with the lightning hitting him? Yeah, I've heard of that. No, no, not that I know of, but, but this was the other thing that happened when he died for a third time. Wait, not what? by lightning. No, he had a, he had some kind of heart attack. And he said, he goes, I'm up there. It's the, the group again. It's the beings. And you know who also had that same thing of seeing the beings is Gary Busey. Gary Busey in his motorcycle accident had a near-death experience where he banged his head and he saw beings that sent him back. And probably it's his team, you know, it's yeah. probably the team. But anyway, back to Daniel. Um, he goes, so I'm now up there. And they're like, you've done what we asked. Come on in. He's like, no. And they're like, no. He's like, yeah, no. He goes, I, I like what I'm doing. I want to go back. And he's like, well, but you're supposed to, your time. And they're like, he's like, no, you got to send me back. And he said, he goes, I, here I am in an argument with this being. You need to send me back. I like what I'm doing. I want to continue. And they went, okay. Did, did he bribe him? 
<laughs> no, but they sent him back. And, so and were they all writing... the same people each time the beans yeah. that he went? So, oh, yeah. okay. It was the same group. But one another story that always hit me, uh, this was like on some television show on near-death experiences and things like that. This woman had passed away and she's obviously in heaven. She's about ready to make, you know, the crossover. I can't remember how she, how she died. Something happened. She says, I'm in this area, this thing of light, and this handsome man comes walking up to me. Very good looking man. And he's tall and he's handsome and he leans over to me and says, Mom, you gotta go back. Oh. And he's and she's like, Okay. And she 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 didn't have children yet. And then a couple months later, she had him. Wow. Oh, that's neat. So she met her son before. Yeah. That's, that's so neat. cool. And as a I, man. As a, as a grown, handsome man, I always had this sort of vision, and I don't know if anyone's ever thought of this. I've always kind of thought, you know, they always talk about the tunnel and the light. I've never seen this. This is just a, you know, a thought of mine. You know, we go through the tunnel, we go through that, all that stuff, you know, and then we come out to the other side. I also think there's one in reverse. I think there's a tunnel that comes into life. That tunnel is made of all light and it's made of billions of beings. Billions of souls, and it swirls, and it, it's every point of that is a person, a soul, a being. And there's bleachers, and they are like a football game. Yeah. And there's a kind of like a like a little river, a stream, or something, and they are cheering them on. Good is it luck. Their family, do you think? Or there's friends? family. There's there's like you know I I almost could picture a you know a couple old ladies are going. He's going to be a doctor. Oh, a good doctor too. Some. <laughs> It's a sporting event in your view. It is. In my That's mind, cool. it's like a sporting, you know, and they go down and boom, they're, bo- they're born. And then, yeah. you know, and then on our end, of course, when people pass, it's, it's awful. But on their end, they're like, hey, you know, right. I'm right. back. Yeah, you're you back. Know, you know. There's a book that I want to reread that is Journey of Souls. And it does talk hmm. a little bit about that belief. You know, there's been past life regressions that have right. uncovered stories of reincarnation. Well, a step further, and Brian Weiss is one of those, we've talked about his book, Many Lives, Many Masters, Mm -hmm. but there's a step beyond that of being able to, when you regress someone to a previous life, you can also talk them to their death and about their life in between life. Oh, interesting. And there are books on that that are Mm -hmm. really fascinating and something else that I don't know if Trisha knew I wanted to dive into. (laughs) No, I didn't. Well, it's good to hear. <laughs> but but you know, but but again, let's let's you know, there's one thing I kind of think about. Like let's let's look for something I think is kind of interesting that I've noticed just in general. Well, you see a lot of men nowadays with these long, long beards, you know, young guys and everything else. And a time that was all really prevalent was around the 18 somethings. And I started thinking to myself, I wonder if that's that group coming back is, right. is back. And this is why they like these beards because it was in vogue then. And yeah. now again, we're talking about race and all these sort of things. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. is this the Civil War crowd coming back? Is this what this is? <laughs> they haven't learned anything yet. Right. Come on. They learn anything yet, you know? My aunt yeah. always jokes about how she just wants to get it right this life. So she doesn't have to come back because she feels life's tough. <laughs> well, that's how you we know, learn. Yeah, but to that point, this is what, you know, what is the meaning of life? I think, why are we here? Right. We are here for a couple reasons. One, obviously, we're here to technically love each other as in we are all connected. 
But on top of that, the most important thing, we're here to learn. Right. And we're in a, this is basically a, a giant high school we're in. Right. And, and we have these lessons that we need to learn in order for us to grow. But on top of that, it, it communicates directly back to God and back down. And my thought, I'm like, it's like a circle pattern. Yeah. We come down, you know, like the old saying, we are here, meaning you know, and he's part of us. We're all part of this thing connected. And when it comes down to say something, that's what I wanted to bring up, which was forgiveness. Oh, I now I remember another thing that happened oh, to me oh. that shook me to the core. What had happened was I had feelings for someone and uh, that relationship didn't work out. And she went on to someone else. And I was, you know, I was in kind of deep where that thing where, let me put it this way for uh, you know, a little spoiler alert when it comes to men. If when a guy's really, you know, when a guy wants to, to get serious about, you know, a woman or whatever, we start rearranging our, our lives. The, the playtime is over. We're like, I'm going to get a real job because I need to take care of her. We need a house. We have get, you know, we start thinking like we got, you know, playtime's over. You know, we got stuff to do. So I had this feelings for someone, you know, it didn't work out. And I happened to see her and her and her new boyfriend of all things. You're like, why do I got to see this? And why do I get to see it? You know, whatever. And then I heard a voice and it was not my voice. And it was in between my ears and it was forgiveness. And I, it for you rattled me. For you to forgive me. her. Yeah. But where's telling the you. Telling you, forgive her. And what it meant was it forgiveness as a partial definition to me, you know, is not about someone kills your family and suddenly you forgive them and your best friends and come on over for dinner. No, no, no. It, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. It means letting go. Mm -hmm. Let go of the anger. Let mm -hmm. go of the bitterness. Let go of the negative chunk. Right. Then forgive the situation because a lot of people will do things not knowing what they're doing. Right. And they, they have no idea. They're just doing their thing. And, but they hurt someone and they don't know. And that's, right. you know, that's kind of what it is, or they may be doing something and they really, really are selfish, you know, or right. something like that. And so that's what forgiveness is a meaning to me about. So how many times have you heard a voice or someone speak to you? Does that happen very often? No, but I've heard it twice. That was the forgiveness voice, which was not my own voice. And what was and the other one? My mother. I heard oh, my mother. Wow. This is after she passed. She um, was nudging me as I was sleeping. She literally says, she's like, Rodney, Rodney, I can, I can touch you. And I could <laughs> feel someone tugging on my leg as I was wow. asleep. Wow. But she did not have her accent. No German That's interesting. accent. interesting. That and it was, but it was her. I heard my dad that one time. Oh, wow. With John oh, yeah, Edward. That, yeah. yeah. John Edward. Right. And um, I also heard a high school friend as I was really? driving. I was driving down I-4 and I knew his voice. I mean, it's like hearing it in your head, you know, and mm -hmm. your, you know, as you imagine something, but very clearly call Anne, call Anne, very desperate, wanting me to call Anne. Mm -hmm. Well, this person had passed away the year before okay. prior to his wedding. Oh, 
It's an unfortunate, horrible event that, you know, I really feel for the people all around him, his fiance, his, you know, family and everything. But I responded with, I didn't know Anne. What would I say to Anne? I can't call her. And I said, what would I say? And I heard back Bosco. And I well, what the Wow, what's Bosco? I don't know. <laughs> wow. I apologize to him to this day because I never picked up a phone. I, I wouldn't have known how to get hold of her, but I did have something else happen down the road. Uh, when I was working on the Pet Psychic Show, one of the things we did to understand what we were working on was there were a few of us that went to some workshops that are focused on, you know, they believe anybody can develop, you know, awareness and senses right. and, and things. And so I'd gone to this workshop and we were doing some things. And one of the exercises was they partnered us up with someone and said, just focus on the person in front of you and each take a turn to just tell them whatever it is you're picking up on. Mm -hmm. And the person I was sitting with said, I'm picking up a Kevin. Do you know a Kevin? I'm like, no, I don't know a Kevin. He's like, I'm seeing like a wedding ring. And I go, oh, we called hmm. him Krebin. Oh, wow. That's That was his last name. We called him Krebin. And he goes, he wants you to talk to somebody with the first letter A in their name. And I was like, Anne, he wants me to talk to Anne. So I had a second person who I did not know until just this workshop right mm -hmm. after this had happened to me. Tell me this. So, of course, I was a little spooked by some of the stuff that happened there. And I went a right. few times and then I stopped because I didn't know what to do with any <laughs> of that. Did yeah. you actually go and tell her? Yeah, I was going to say, did you, did, did you no, finally get... No, what happened finally one day was I was on the phone. So he had a few cousins. We all went to the same high school, all close in age, but I did get to talk to someone on the phone down the road and it had been now longer, you know, time had passed and she and I were catching up. And I said, I have to ask you something because I had a dream and I want to know, I go, how is Anne? And she said, she's better now. She was really tough. I said, how was she, you know, that one year after? And I, she said, she was really tough. And I said, I'd had a dream that Steve was worried about her. And I didn't, you know, he wanted me to call her, but I didn't know. I didn't ever know his fiance. I didn't feel I was right. in a place to call anyone. I didn't know what I would have said. Like John Edwards said, you don't want to be the attack medium. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Out of the blue. <laughs> out yeah. of the blue. Hey. So hey. I, I said, does Bosco mean anything to you? And she said, yeah, that was the name of their cat. <laughs> so wow. that's all I know. That's all I have. Um, Is the cat alive? I, well, to this day, probably not. Um, yeah, okay. This was, this was a while ago. Um, and I, I'm here with the cat. <laughs> no, I did. It's one of the saddest funerals I had ever attended feeling bad for the Oh, the, the fiance, yeah. everybody. And since we're talking about, so I'm now going to say it in case we ever offended anyone. I was standing by the casket. There were a few of us. And if there was anyone listening who was at that funeral and was offended by a few girls that started laughing by the casket, let me tell you what happened. All of a sudden, somebody was hearing snapping by their ears and they freaked out. 
And they're like, oh my gosh, Steve is, is snapping by my ears. You know, that's all she could decide was that he was yeah. there teasing her. And that made us laugh that we're wow. like, oh yeah, that would be him. He's going to, he was a jokester. He's pulling your leg. And, and then we realized we kind of caught ourselves in this moment of laughter around the casket and thinking, okay, we need to move ourselves now away because this is probably not being perceived very well by other people. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and to that, I would just like to say everybody Everybody's grief is different and it is great to remember someone in that joy, but I still talk to Steve. It just in my own, I'm not saying I hear from him. I'm just, I've always felt so bad and so guilty that I'd experienced that and never did anything with it. Well, let me, let me say this, you know, um, if Anne is still alive, I would say at some point when you feel comfortable, you know, reach out to her. It's never too late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and don't, you know, because in some ways I think maybe you need to do that because it's, I could just tell on you, there's a bit of a burden with you with this. Just say, hey, and you may find insight and there may be something that she may say, may say that will suddenly spark as we've been having these conversations, a memory, like in fact, uh, in college, same situation of a fraternity brother who was a week away from being married and died in a car accident and going to that funeral as well. And my roommate, you know, had a dream about him that, you know, Hey man, it's okay. You know, I'm doing just fine. How's everybody doing? That kind of thing. I'm hoping that the family has, you know, dreamt about him or gotten good messages because it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. You know, I have a feeling that they did and they probably may not, you know, really understand it. I mean, that goes for anything, but yeah when I get them, they really kind of stick out. It's nothing of just kind of like, "Eh," you know, it sticks out. But in the moment I'm like, I'm like dismissing it. And then it's like hour, two hour next day. And suddenly boom, and it locks in. I'm like, Oh, that's what that was. It's a strong feeling that you'll never forget. Oh, well, here's something for you. Things that you receive. I was doing television, corporate video work. And I was working for a sole proprietor and uh, he, he's of Cuban descent and I'm still friends with him. Everything's all good. And he's a very successful gentleman. And it was fun to kind of work for him and learn from him. He comes up to me one day and he's Cuban, like I said, and he gives me a VHS and he says, hey, listen, you do me a favor. You put this on DVD for me. I said, okay. He goes, yeah, it's a travel video that aired in Cuba and it was smuggled out. Oh, Okay. And I go up to his office. I said, hey, listen, do you mind if I make a couple of copies of this? Because I'm going to a wedding in a week or so. And my friend's Cuban. I thought maybe I can give it to him and you know, give it to his parents, whatever. I made the DVD cover and I made all this stuff. Made it really kind of nice. Found a map, you know, these ocean maps of you know Cuba. And I did this whole design. So I go to my friend's wedding. And my friend, uh, again, who's Cuban, his father is a very proud Cuban. And every right to be proud. He escaped Cuba. He went to Spain. And then from Spain, he immigrated to America and and, uh, became a doctor. And then eventually down to Texas, down to Florida, and became a successful doctor and a very successful, you know, American. And so I gave him as a a gift for the parents. Yeah, I'm at his house. Of course, everyone's having drinks, whatever. And his father's on the couch. So he comes up to me and he literally looks at me and he's like, how did you know? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how did you know? How did you know what? Exactly. That's what I said to him. How do you know what? How did you know this is all the places we went to? Wow. How did you know? I said, I didn't. I got a tape. I made a copy of it. And I thought you would like it. Wow. 
He goes, this, yeah, this, this is where, you know, they were pointing out, that's the place we grew up. This is the thing that we went to hear. Wow. That's so what it looked about. like you would put something together so personal to them. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. You knew after, everything about them. Yeah. And after wow. that, he's like, he, he said to my fingers, that is a good man. Your friend oh, is a good man. <laughs> you're like, I did nothing. That's amazing. I did nothing. It I just love it. fell in my lap and I thought right. you should have it. Those are definitely cool things to act on and to get feedback on. And it's cool. You don't know how or why, but they happen. That's awesome. Yeah, they just do. So, and that's why sometimes it pays to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I, at some point I will tell the one friend that whose mother died that I felt when it's appropriate. Right. You know, when it's or time. I, right. When it's time. Well, and you, you never know. You you might you might talk if you talk to this and person, yeah. Whenever you reach out to this, if you decide to. Yeah. You, it may be the time. You also reminded me of because we're kind of our theme on the second half of our interview mm -hmm. has kind of turned into messages from beyond, you know, the messages we pick up on, which is cool. Right. I was talking about wanting to hear from Phil when I was on the crossing over John Edwards show for my cousin. Her dad was a minister, but he didn't believe in visitations or seeing people afterwards. He, he didn't like to talk mm. about that stuff. He was very right. old fashioned. And this mm -hmm. was his son that had died. Mm. And it was, it was even listed in the autopsy report as undetermined. They just, there was nothing, no causes that they could see. But he had a vision of his son a couple nights after he passed where his son showed up to him and said, dad, I'm fine. And that was it. And what was so amazing about this was this was coming from a man who previously didn't believe in that kind of stuff. Right. Then experienced it and then talked about it. You wow. Know? And you could see the relief and the healing in him. You know, the benefit to that experience was beautiful. And so that was my cousin who is, saying she wanted to hear from her brother. And I didn't want to tell her for a couple of weeks that I didn't raise my hand when John Edwards said, Phil, and I felt bad. And by the time I did talk to her and I was the one that brought it up so that I could apologize, mm -hmm. she said, oh, I completely forgot because that morning that you were to be on that show, he came to me in a dream. I saw him myself. <laughs> and she said, and she had never had a dream like that before. So just like we're talking about, she goes, it's just like I've heard, I was just dreaming. And then he shows okay. up and it's like, I woke up out of my dream. She goes, he didn't say anything, but he smiled at me and we hugged and I knew he was better. And she goes, and then I completely forgot that you were going to be on that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah. like you're saying, I didn't need to feel bad. <laughs> no, there's not one single definitive way it's not like we pick up a phone we call someone it's right. however it takes and whatever it takes yeah um, and you know you talk about technology and the use of facebook my dad has also tried to get to me other ways and one way that was kind of funny was when my um my mom had started dating out long after my dad had died and she didn't want me to say anything. The same cousin that lost Phil that she's like a sister to me. I'm an only child. So she's always oh, been like okay. my sister. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom didn't want me to tell. I was my dad's side of the family. She didn't want me to tell them she was seeing anyone or that anything was serious until, you know, I'd gotten permission. Well, I just happened to be talking to my cousin, Susan on the phone 
and we hang up. My mom calls and says, all right, Jack and I are getting married and it's okay for you to now tell your dad's family. And I was like, oh, great. So I called my cousin right back and she answers the phone laughing saying, Mm -hmm. oh, this is really funny. The caller ID is showing up as Jean Lee, my dad's name, G-E-N-E space capital L-E-E. She spelled it out to me and she was laughing because she said prior to that, it had my name Misty on there. She was just laughing. And I go, well, that's really funny because I'm calling to tell you that my mom is going to get married. And she just told me it's okay to tell his family. And she goes, well, I guess he's okay with it too. And we just laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, some of you are like, well, isn't that kind of a coincidence? It's not. Uh, that's, it's yeah, not. yeah. It's not. To have it's somebody not. else's name appear on the phone is a whole right. different. And, and and the other thing, too, is it's kind of like when, you know, you guys want to, uh, like, you know, you go to call someone. Even not just the people that pass, I think, amongst ourselves. We all have, you know, we have this communicative thing. I unfortunately don't know how to improve on it. I can't give anyone any advice on that, but you know, it's there for whatever, however it's needed or whenever it's going to be needed. It's there. Stuff like that. The old phone call, Oh, the old phone call trick. There you are. Here it is. You know, you know, sure enough. You know, like I said, I don't shy away from it. I don't, you know, I don't go off and just start relishing on it. Like, look what I, you know, I, I you know, I'm, well, there's you know. a, there's a time and a place and that is yeah. on our podcast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Anytime anybody has a story, let us know. We're here. We want to hear everybody's story because it's all unique. You said it earlier, Rodney. I don't know if we were recording yet, but you said it's not coincidence. It's communication. Communication. Yeah. Yes. There's uh, like I like I've said before, like I've had other friends that they'll see flowers or again, if you guys had the you know, a butterfly, the song, you know, the big ones or the dreams. Have you guys have ever had a dream about Jesus? No, but uh, one time we were driving home. I remember this from Arizona after we saw my grandma and she mm-hmm. was a very religious person. And I wish we had cameras on our phones. If we had phones at that time, I wish we I could have taken a picture. It was the whole like Jesus in his crib with everybody around him. There was mm-hmm. that up there. And I was like, in the clouds, like, like, like in clouds? the clouds, yeah. okay. The clouds oh, were okay. shaped like that. I was a young kid too, so I was like, "Am I just seeing this, or what?" Is my whole family mm. saw it, right. and that it was cool. just amazing. That's, and we were yeah. like, kind of in awe. And yeah. that had to be a meeting. I don't know what it was still to this day. Right. And again, again, that's the thing where you know you may not know what it was, but maybe one of your family members knows what it means for them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was raised Christian, but I am now at the point where I believe there were a lot of messengers over time that were sent to Mm. our planet to help guide us and teach us. And growing up would, when I needed consoling, and like I said, I was an only child. So I I also felt pretty lonely, but I do remember Mm. having just to soothe myself visions of, you know, being held by Jesus and feeling like Mm -hmm. he was around, which I just say to anyone listening, I'm not preaching a religion that I believe we we create on this earth. That's a being that had come to this planet to teach us a lesson and to other people, there might be other, you know, from their religion, um, comforting personalities that help soothe them. And I think they're all good. I think they all come from the same source. Right. Well, I actually, as a kid, I had a dream about Jesus. 
And and the only way to kind of describe it, it was literally the coolest guy I ever met. It was off the chain of like, man, you're cool. You know, it was just, we were instant best friends. We were instantly laughing at stuff. He's like, you want to walk on the air? I'm like, yeah, let's go walk on yeah, air. Let's, do it. let's oh, walk yeah. on I mean, water. Let's yeah, do all that. Was, oh, was all, hey. it, it was really, really just, it was great. So it's I mean, like I, yeah. uh, Morgan Fairchild. He makes God cool. Right. He does. <laughs> you know, the voice of God. Yeah. yeah. Or right. when, I always want you back to tell the stories. It's a great, it's great to hear these stories and what Trisha's, other people have experienced. Trisha's wanting all these to happen to her. So she wants you to also give her some coaching on how to bring them on. Well, it, it'll happen. You can't want it in a sense, but it'll eventually happen. And, and like I've said from the very beginning, it's going to happen in a way that only you will understand. You just give it time. You, know, you just give it time. I'm very thankful for, like I said, you know, what has happened to me, but I'm also thankful for the both of you to allow me to, to openly share this stuff. And you're wrapping it up really nicely because it's important most of all to really remember and keep those we've loved in our hearts and keep them alive mm-hmm. in our hearts yeah. and with their memories and not being afraid to talk about them. Yeah. And it, it's great that we have these different groups, this kind of pod, we have podcasts so people can know that they're not alone with I know what you they're and, seeing and, and feeling. And, and then not only that, you know, and there'll be a time in the future where this will be, you know, we'll, we'll think like, oh, who, who knows who watches? You never know. You, you never, never know. know. You never yeah. know. And hopefully you it'll help know. people. So yep. thank you so much for coming oh, on Oh, you're with absolutely us. welcome. It was wonderful. <laughs> that was, yeah. it yeah, was thank wonderful. Thank you for you're all welcome. those stories. Very, oh, very I, great. you know, I, I pretty much have a story for everything. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at trisha.misty.tm at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, survivingdeathanddying.com for links to the books we talk about. So please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Well, we did it again. We survived death and dying. Another episode. Because we believe life and love never die.